0: shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others welcome to the adventures in tech podcast talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students here are your hosts andrew and dan Welcome to episode 41 of the Adventures in Tech podcast. Dan,
1: good morning. Good morning, Andrew. How are you
0: today? I'm fantastic. How's your mental well-being, Dan? Is it good? It's good. It's good. You know, everybody... We always are out and about, and people are like, oh, you know, has Dan had any more of that spicy popcorn? I'm like, actually, he has not been breathing on fire lately. So I
1: miss it. I need some Pipcorn. Yeah, that's what it is. Pipcorn, pip-corn. right? Pipcorn.
0: Clean your sinuses out, right? That's the nice I, thing about it. That or some wasabi, right? I do
1: like wasabi. I, <laughs> I remember my son thought, uh, it was a while ago, but he was uh, he grabbed some wasabi thinking it was avocado. Avocado. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, rude awakening oh, for Cam. Oh, that
1: was uh, the that tears. Was so- were come out
0: of his eyes how big of a
1: oh. a, a gob of wasabi you know, did he have the whole thing that comes in the sushi he was oh. having California rolls it. and he just grabbed it and ate it oh Good thing wasabi that the heat goes away quick.
0: It does, yeah, but I could only imagine. He learned his lesson the hard way there.
1: <laughs> I don't and, mean to laugh, but... No, no, that's funny.
0: He takes right after his father, you know? Pipcorn, Wasabi, you know, it's a spicy episode. Put it that way, right? It might
1: get there. <laughs>
0: Anyways, if you like the content, you like us, help us out by providing feedback and rating wherever you download your podcast from. We greatly appreciate your support. Uh, tons of things going on. We've been very busy with interviews, uh, so that's been great. We have a couple... Good guests coming in the uh, coming weeks, some some big names coming, so uh, something more for you to look forward to, but we do uh, thank you for your continued listenership, and uh, Dan, let's talk classroom updates, because it's been a zoo, for lack of a better term, right? Like We're everywhere, we all are, over the place. I know,
1: I was just... I was <laughs> it's just, everywhere, but
0: it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, it's a because good thing. it's a more, uh, as we get more and more close to normalcy of pre-pandemic routines of everything. People are getting back in a, you know, getting integrating tech into their classrooms and coming up with, uh, you know, great ideas that have sparked interest. So Dan, talk about what you are got, got going on right now.
1: Um, there's a lot going on. I just think uh, the big focus of where I've been busy in classrooms is with teachers designing their instruction to provide more student choice and creativity. So, you know, I'm wearing many hats and just yeah. helping support the students explore different avenues um, to demonstrate their understanding. Those, those tenants of UDL, right? Yeah. We keep talking about those multiple means. So I, lo- I, I really enjoy working with the teachers that are embracing those multiple means and allowing students to, to be creative and collaborative, um, which is good because the collaboration is really happening. It's not just, you know, oh, they're doing group work. You know, they're actually going in and not instead of like learning with a the group, they're learning through the group. So there's really some nice, authentic conversations, some production, some creativity, um, bringing in student strength. So this morning I was working with uh, a teacher who is a, a listener of this podcast. So big, big fan. Big shout out. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's working on a project where the kids are taking on roles of storytellers. So yeah. continuing the oral tradition of storytellers and then giving them a choice in the way that they're going to demonstrate their story. See. So I was right. running around between creating stop motion videos, podcasting, uh, movies, graphics, you name it. So a lot of support, but uh, a lot there. So That's it's, great. Um, and, and there's a ton of other things going on, too. So what's going on in your world? So... Lots going on. We've we been
0: doing a lot with robots lately, uh, so we, we're doing a lot of coding uh, with story maps for sort of some robots, uh, different level of robots. We've had the roots out. We've had the B bots out. Uh, they're getting they're moved around, you know, uh, in all levels actually, because the B bots are going from an elementary building to a secondary building uh, today actually uh, at some point. So that's been going on. 3D printing. Uh, we're using the Morphe app, right? Uh, you're laughing, but you like that app, Dan. So 3D printing and uh, with the Morphe app. So that's going on. We have podcasting going on uh, as well in a fifth grade classroom. Uh, more listeners, right? And then we also uh, have, uh, there's so much going on, uh green screen coming with uh, book trailers. So that's another thing that you and I did, uh, you know, in previous years mm-hmm. that uh, we're going to be uh, delving into in the coming weeks, I think, as well. So, Lots and lots going on uh, as as the world turns in education, uh, so to speak. So let's get to the weekly wind-up. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is finally, this was launched uh, or announced, I should say. We know Flipgrid is now Flip. I know.
1: I have I, I, I have a hard time just still saying Flip.
0: I know. I know. We all call it Flipgrid. I mean, I, I don't know why they changed it because it got rid of the grid. Whatever. It's mm-hmm. Let's not go on a soapbox here. But Flipfest uh, in 2022, uh, at the end of the school year, they uh, announced a bunch of different things, right? So new features and fun ways to use Flip. So basically now what they're doing is all of these updates and everything are finally live uh, since they announced them just about six to eight months ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are now fully rolled out. So uh, Flip got better with new features and fun ways to use Flip. So it's simpler, faster web experience that's filled with feature updates that Uh, all of the uh, teachers and educators have been asking for. So, for example, an updated web experience, the flip camera, your videos, your groups, and topics are now just a click away, making it easier than ever to create and share and flip. You can edit captions. You watch those videos, edit the captions side by side, and you can safely edit those captions with automatic moderation. Mm -hmm. There is a unified view for leads and members, so kind of trying to make it easier on the back end that you have uh, the same simple view uh, with whatever your role is in that, I don't want to say grid anymore, but in your FLIP learning space, and you'll know what the student view looks like on FLIP, which is always a big thing. It'll, they they want to know, like, what did my students see? So now you can see that and confidently uh, answer your students' questions. Archive groups, Dan, it's something that I've been waiting for because we probably have 150 groups, uh, but we have uh, our most active groups and get rid of the old ones uh, with the archive function. You can customize your group links, which is also your code. There's immersive video playback, which will be uh, playbacks bigger and more engaging with videos at the center of the experience along with topic prompts and descriptions. There's no more back and forth. So that was a big thing that kids would always forget the prompt. And now you can add those captions side-by-side, side, like we said. There's it's a dark great. mode, right? Mm-hmm. Blue, blue light glasses, if you need them. There's dark mode now for, for the screens. So the exposure to blue light uh, will be better, and it will uh, help eliminate eye strain. And then, finally you can search across your groups, topics, and videos for something
1: that your students have done in the past. Now it's like uh, just a, a search function. So that's uh, there's more. There's more. They've done a lot with the interface too when it, when it comes to their camera, as they call it, where, yep. where you're putting in. I mean, we've always had the... And it, it's even gotten better—the the ability just to put in audio instead of having right. to do a video. So I really like that. But now they they have so many features within their their web base. Um, in their create mode, um, they can sell a story through visuals. So using photos, text, stickers, and um, it really really helps out. Add some video backdrops, and then also do some audio um, work on it as well. So um, really, yeah, they're really moving forward.
0: It, I mean it. Seems that they're absolutely taking feedback and actually changing the product for better in the education space. So, uh, we'll post a link in the show notes if you want to learn more about Flip. I do miss Flip Grid, but. Uh, who are we, Dan? We're just, you know, two two guys on a podcast. So
1: that's it. <laughs> so
0: <laughs>
1: nickels in a blender.
0: Ah, we haven't said that in a while. <laughs> and a free sticker for someone right away who wants, who knows that comment. There you go. That's, right? a, that's our
1: contest for today. <laughs> <That's it>. Name <laughs> that movie. That's
0: it. All right. So let's move on. So, Shake Up Learning, Casey Bell, uh, shakeuplearning.com, talked about four ways to blend learning with. Uh, insert learning. So if you've never heard of insert learning, it's an extension that lets you turn websites into interactive lessons, and it's the perfect companion to blended learning lesson plans. It's definitely awesome. Um, so basically it it used to be known as a different name. It was docent docent, and it was developed by high school teachers who needed that richer learning experience for their students. So basically all it does is it gives this fantastic toolbar that allows you to highlight text, add sticky notes, insert questions, videos, or discussion all inside a web page. So you don't have to go to something else to kind of bring the learning together. So when we talk about the blending learning environment, uh, insert learning is definitely something that you can change any web page that you need. So think of whether it's, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Newzella, New ZLA, mm-hmm. uh Scholastic, all of those ones that, you know, that, that teachers are using on the daily to get, you know, content, you can now use uh, Insert Learning, install it. It's a Chrome extension, and it should be pretty easy to, to, to manage and, and utilize in your instruction.
1: I remember using it uh, a number of years ago, and it was a cool tool back then, um, but now they've really upgraded their interface. It's designed for Google Classroom, so there's a great integration there. And, like, you can really blend the learning with their with their toolbar. You can assign um, your, your – your, uh, interactive web page directly to Google classroom students will be able to highlight the text on the page put in sticky notes you can put in free response or multiple choice questions right on the page um Mm -hmm. it's almost like doing a Pear Deck or a Nearpod on a web page so
0: yeah and they do have like where you you know there's those points of those YouTube videos you can insert it right at the correct moment in Mm -hmm. a text for G Suite integration so uh obviously it's, you know, it's a freemium application. So you get your first five lessons for free. But if you are interested, um, their, their, um, their sponsorship or their cost was, uh, $40 a year. If it's something you see value in, in your instruction, I think it'd be well worth it for $40 a year. It's, it's a reasonable cost for, uh, for what teachers may need mm-hmm. to utilize it for. So, all right, moving right along. Um, we talk PBL a lot and UDL and all of these acronyms, and, you know, we know this is someone we do have to get on the podcast because we mention him so much with A.J. Giuliani. And, and he has another book coming out. He does. He absolutely does. But, you know, I, I, I think the article that he wrote is really resonates in the sense of how project-based learning supports all students, right? So we're not saying, you know, they're not asking for worksheets or lectures, let's be honest, right? Yeah just like they're not asking for uh, a rental from Blockbuster Video, right? We have to really kind of pivot our instruction and, and see where it's correlated and how PBL can actually, I don't want to say factor in higher test scores because of the active learning sessions, because it's really requiring them to think and perform more than just regurgitate something that's been spoken to them.
1: Right. I mean, I know we'll get into the articles. He has two that he's published in the last couple of weeks, PBL Supports All Students and why UDL and PBL work so well together. But you know, just kind of going off of, of the whole idea, you know, we throw out all these different instructional models out yep. there. But what it narrows down to is is, you know, I always I, I may have said this analogy I may have said this a lot of times on here, but I'm going to say it again. When I'm planning and I'm designing instruction for my class, I always want to put myself outside of my classroom. So when I walk by and look at the look, look inside the door, what do I want to see happening in the class? Right. So I want to design my instruction for a vision of what I'd like to see happening. And like more often than not, that vision doesn't involve me standing in front of the classroom and the students. Sitting, sitting there, there filling right. out a worksheet or taking notes on the board. I'd like right. them to be active participants in the learning. So we look at the tenants of PBL and we don't have to cash no, we'll that, that out it. again. We, right. we, we look at UDL, but where it comes into, you know, our whole ed tech guy thing, we really need to think about how using technology efficiently allows for those moments to happen in your classroom in a meaningful way. Um, You can do it without the technology, but when you really want to drive student inquiry and you want to create that engagement and you want to create authentic products that demonstrate understanding, especially in the light of, you know, how we have to transition with all our conversations with AI, you know, we really have to look at these tools that we're using and implementing the different aspects of Google Workspace or the different aspects of Flip. Like we think about providing all these opportunities for our students. I mean, just look at Flip for editing captions. Right, right. You're providing that opportunity for students in a digital space that's only that's going to help them. Correct. We have so many different diverse learners. So putting into the project base where you can then incorporate more tenants of UDL, and you can provide opportunities for students to really collaborate and generate and demonstrate understandings um, in a way that you can provide them meaningful feedback in the moment. through different formative assessment or just being able to conference and have small group instructions as yeah. students are engaged in the learning. You can see their learning. You can get their feedback. You can be there in the moment instead of having students fill out a worksheet. And then what are you going to do? Grade it right or wrong? Right, um, right, right, Which, you know, there is something you have to there have There's purpose account. for that. There's right. purpose, but the continue over on. Is that really benefiting the learning, you know, growth of a student just by, and then it's like, okay, well then they can come for extra help. But that extra help is often after the fact of right. what they're processing and you start from the beginning. It's so great that technology and the tools that are out there will allow us to hit it in the moment and be more proactive yeah. um, with the time we spend with our students. Yeah. So I don't know. We should go into the article, right? Let's do it. I'll, I'll keep this brief. You know, I, I won't. <laughs> No, I won't. Um, but no, like, let's go kind ahead, go of ahead. looking at the PBL, the UDL and going through it and, looking at how you design these experiences for students. So I I was teaching a class last night um, at at the university level. It was a mix undergrad and grad students. And we were talking about um, designing collaborative spaces um, using technology and the benefits of collaborative learning. And um, I had a task for them, which was, uh, what is the difference between group work and collaborative learning? So kind of like an out there deep conversation. So and I had a few um, different readings to go along with it. So I simply could have given them the readings, have them go in and maybe answer some questions or go into a discussion post. But I figured that's not really going to capture what what I was looking for, for an authentic, generated response to that. So, you know, I, I thought about processes of how I can have student inquiry in my classroom, drive the instruction and create understanding for everyone. So I started out with a QFT process, mm-hmm. question formulation technique. Um, students brainstorm questions that, that went to the prompt. They went and identified their questions as closed or open. They changed some questions just to learn about different question styles. They highlighted right. their their top questions. Um, I gave them the articles then. They answered their individual questions and then each group then had to generate right? had to generate a one page infographic on a slide deck nice. um demonstrating their understanding the conversations everything that was happening the building using their own inquiry to drive their instruction and understanding it was great and i have to add this in you know what i did at the end what did you do i asked the question in the chat gpt ah, and of we, course you did and and we compared <laughs> we compared the ai response we, to theirs and we had a great conversation of um how in the experience in the classroom there were so many benchmarks and milestones that teachers could yeah. Really check in and see and collaborate together. And then the whole class came up with a thing. And then we compared our responses to the AI, and it was so much richer. Right? So right. So that's going to be a good proving point. The AI gave us the answer, which was, you know, pretty much spot on to a degree to what. The students produce, but much less detail. Correct. And they didn't have their individual voice in it. So we had that conversation about it. It was really cool. So, sorry.
0: No, Um, no, no. That's fine. That's fine.
1: Everyone wake up now. I probably (laughs) probably bored you. (laughs) Hands on the wheel.
0: Hands on on the wheel. (laughs) But when we talk about, you know, those UDL learning guidelines, right, and, you know, uh, basically – it's, it's three facets with the brain, right? So it's providing the multiple means of engagement, mm-hmm. right? The effective networks, the why of learning, and then you have the multiple means of representation, which is, you know, the recognition networks, the what of learning, and then the multiple means of action and expression, strategic networks, the how of learning. And those are the three, you know, parts of the brain. And the activity you just described hit all three.
1: Right. And you had that and it was fun watching them do the infographic because some people got were really concerned about the information they put in there. Right. And there were other people who were just like, I love to design. Right. And they're designing and they're adding things, but they're looking at everything that their individual group is putting together and making meaning of it in different ways. Right. And that, and that kind of, As AJ
0: sums up his article, you have the expert learners of the Mm -hmm. goals of purposeful and motivated, right, of what that needs to be done, resourceful and knowledgeable, and then strategic and goal-directed. So everybody hits those different areas, you know, for the UDL. So. Uh, that But, you know, that's kind of where we're going. And I love how you brought the AI thing in, Dan, because it's really going to bring up the next conversation that we're going to be talking about today. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about AI, but the one thing I want to mention is before we get into our good old friend, uh, Matt Miller uh, and uh, Jennifer Gonzalez and a couple other people that are talking about AI, you know, there's a couple things that that, you know, first you were able to witness it, mm-hmm. right? Seeing that it was not able to... It wasn't as rich as what was, you know, human created. Right. And everybody we know, December, even early January, was jumping, saying we got to block it. We got to stop this. We got to do figure something out. And people did, right? We And we'll get into those detectors. But, you know, the big thing now is what we said was coming. First off, you have to be 18 to use it. So unless it's in a higher education university level, technically you're not supposed to be using ChatGPT, right? It will be used. Agreed. All right. So, but But we can't
1: promote it.
0: No, but it kind of lends itself to secondary education in that regard. And now there's a pay plan where the free plan is only available when it's used very little, you know, during very little or during downtime. Mm -hmm. So there is now a paywall, which we said was coming, right? Which we know can bring an equity issue, right? Obviously, it's twenty dollars a month, uh, you know, for you know for you to be able to use it. But that paywall is now there. And, you know, so then you get premium access to it, which means you won't be blocked versus those who could be blocked if they're just trying to utilize it, you know, the downtime in, in that regard. So I don't want to say it was urgent as, you know, for us to find a, a fixer or a gotcha moment, so to speak. You know, we know that uh, the student, uh, Edward Jean, I think is his name, right, from he, he created GPT-0, and that was kind of released on you know on January 2nd and, when we talk about these go ahead
1: and yeah he's he's definitely built that up and found his space yes he he yeah he i has. mean they
0: shut it down i mean the because it was so popular you know he didn't have uh, enough tools uh you know for hosting for everything but that came out and obviously all of these ai uh what's the you know not the the gotchas, but the the ones that are kind of you know detectors They're looking at the complexity of the text and the variation of sentences and how likely it is to be generated. I got to repeat that. How likely. Not that it was you know, created by chat GPT or, or uh, Bing's new version, but how likely it is. So yeah. chat GPT zero was just the first one. So it's not going to be a full proof, uh, you know, detector of this article, this paper, this essay, this sentence was written by AI. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many of them that have come out since then because we know how quick education evolves. So we have right. open AI text classifier and fictitious.ai. They're freemium models, right? And then they have you know they go to the sentence or the paragraph or the essay level there nothing's foolproof which you know we have to kind of just you know make sure that resonates it's not 100% accurate mm-hmm. common lit and quill you know quill.org uh, they they have um, uh, a four page pdf toolkit that addresses ai plagiarism you know, in the classroom and all AI writing check.org. Like I was just doing some research on all these uh, in my voice notes on my phone and seeing all of them and what they were doing. Writer.com, all of them. They're not going to be foolproof. They're just going to show a percentage on how likely it is AI or a human wrote it, you know, and you can test this out with anything that you did, you know.
1: I could. And you know what, there might be a time where I'd want to see that. And, but I think more often than not, that's going to be a big time waste for me. Well, uh, that's personally, it. like if I'm going to go in and play the AI police, um, I'm going to, you know, there might be a time where I would, I would utilize those. Um, right. But I think more often than not, I'm going to remember that um, I really want to focus on, you know, a process of a learning process, and yes. instruction and finding those opportunities for Um, students use their voice and then see and guide them through there. So, but it it is good to see it, that there is ways of coming up because I I think there has to be an opportunity where you check in every now and then. Right. Um, students themselves looking at evaluating sources and looking at different things. Hey, who created this? Right. Yeah, you know, so Matt, your sources and your resources. Absolutely. And uh-huh. it
0: kind of leads us into Matt's AI tools for the classroom, because depending upon age level, obviously, here are 15 AI tools that you can use right. in the classroom. And you no know, chat GPT.
1: And um, I don't think we need to go through all of them. No, we'll Put the no. link there. But, you know, I'm telling you, it's moving at record pace of, of how many people are adopting this into. We've talked about um CuraPod in the past, yep. how it'll generate an interactive slide deck. It's basic, right. you know, kind of like, but it's a starting point, you know, as I think as teachers, and Matt Miller said it, you know, we can recapture time. Exactly. Um, efficient. Efficient, you know, and in a way, like, it's so much like some of these AI tools, um, will allow you to get time, but also, you know, build off of something that you have a vision of, of creating instead of going and going to that one website that we already talked about (laughs) and getting those Mm -hmm. PDF versions and then trying to make those PDF versions fit the instruction for your students and paying for them and paying for it, which, you know, sometimes I'm not. We're not going to knock it completely. We're not going to knock it completely, but you know, you we spend a we ton spend of time. We spend a ton of time. We think we're saving time, but yet we're just not happy with how it's going to work with our students. And then you have a locked file of it that you'd have to recreate anyway. But some of these things, like Curapod or per- Perplexity, which uh, is out there, it's a cool you know chat bot like ChatGPT that gives you sources right in Education right. Copilot. Yep. Um, uh, QuillBot, which is a great extension yep. that goes right into Docs, will give you writing prompts.
0: Speechify.
1: Um, all these different things are time savers where teachers can be, you know, you know, we always talk about students being creators and not consumers. Teachers can really recapture some of that time to be innovative creators um, and really tailoring... Uh, learning experience for students that fits the vision and needs um that the teacher has for their classroom
0: yeah youtube summary with chat gpt right you don't mm-hmm. have to watch the whole youtube video it basically is a free extension and lets you quickly access the summary of the youtube videos you know we've talked about adobe we've talked about Canva. there's a lot of them in there as well it's no more just the remove.bgs anymore because all of these platforms are allowing to use these things you know dan two of your favorite you know and and we'll wrap up uh you know we'll we'll post matt's article about the tools but you love dolly dan right? i
1: do i mean it's a little scary to me the art images yeah a gen- it's so realistic i i'm like, just on so many different levels it's like i'm i don't know i remember john saying uh, people are going back to those digital cameras i'm yeah. like yeah but you know we need that authenticity in art but like something like dolly or something like um the canva, text, the canva text canva Magic, image right. yeah. in canva or the i can't draw feature in padlet which is, right, that's a new one
0: that I forgot which, to put on here.
1: Which um, I think is, uh, as far as the AI image generator, I think the Palette one is a little bit stronger. Um, right, not that Canvas not. They're both great, but like the image generators and how I just have a a greater, and you know, there's a stronger way to. Have students demonstrate their understanding of a concept by creating authentic original images. Yeah, they can do it in a graphic design program like Canva and build that if that would be your focus to do it. Correct. But if your focus is something else, not on building an original graphic, but using a graphic that really demonstrates to the understanding what they're doing, they can create those graphics instead of spending 45 minutes looking at Google images over and over and over and over trying and to find over it. again, yeah. trying to find it. And exactly then, what you want. Exactly. Right. And then you, you have to deal with all the copyright issues, yada, 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 if we're depending where you're publishing these. So, you know, these things, teaching students a process of using these AI generators. So using better descriptive language, using terms, learning how to ask it great, better questions to get an outcome. So, coming in with the art is, is a great way of introducing students to how it works. Um, I know Matt Miller had his uh Frankenbot template that he put out. So that's a cool thing you can look at. Um, there's other lessons that are put out there of teaching students on how AI is going. I'm looking, Oh, that's another thing. I'll be working with in English class soon. Um, working on that right. AI type learning how it works. So we'll keep you posted on that. So yeah, it's, it's like like we I, said
0: in a, in a previous episode, buckle up and get ready for the ride. Because you see how quickly things have evolved since its release. It's already, you know, got to pay a freemium version, but there is the paywall now that, you know, people do have to, to access it, right? And how much the detectors have come out and how much every educational platform has evolved this quickly to get into the technology. When we talked about Padlet, right, we hadn't even mentioned that one and how quickly that has evolved and how just creative they made the whole well, thing. I mean,
1: look how quickly Conquer came out. Correct, right. And now they keep growing. I mean, Conquer has become a, a great formative assessment tool. Yep. And what I really like about it is they integrated so many different languages into it now, and it's getting better and better and better, um, that you can then generate these close reads, these reading comprehensions, these quizzes, and then right from there put your output language as whatever you would want. I mean, I even saw they had simplified Chinese, I think. I don't right. know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, maybe not, but I mean, they have a ton of different languages. So you're looking for teachers to create those environments. You, they need to remember the digital workspace. Going right. back to our buddy Nate, you know, breaking the Blockbuster module mo, uh, model design your instruction in your digital space to be delivered in your physical space of the classroom. You can provide those accommodations. You can provide those scaffolds. You can provide those meaningful things. If you're willing to set the time to front load your planning and then take advantage of that time you spent front loading to have more time where it matters, engaging with students in the moment.
0: Yeah. I mean, a thousand percent. And again, that's the big thing we want everybody to take out of this is the efficient component. We always said, you know, what if you had more time in a day? Well, there are these, these AI tools can absolutely assist you in some areas to recapture that time and that's the big thing when we said to be uh efficient it's going to help you with your efficiency so we will post that um the other article uh i want to post is the how to use chat gpt as an example machine Mm -hmm. it's from the pedagogy uh you know blog and 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 website there she's got a ton of just examples and establishing criteria and how to use it and then how to kind of, you know, you get your your skeleton and then you craft it and you say, okay, I don't want this part in it or I want this part in it. And then it's going to help you explore processes and keep moving uh, forward. So you'd always have your criteria, your prompts, and then you keep going. Right. You review and adapt as much as you, a, as you need and then contrasting cases and, and then review it and adapt it again until you get what you want. It's the same thing as searching Google, YouTube, or other, you know, platforms to – get the material that you want. This is just going to help educators as we talk about the efficiency to get probably narrowed down and a lot quicker exactly what you're looking for. So, um, Dan, that's going to pretty much, you know, final thoughts. We're, we're, <sighs> we talked a lot about AI again but I know, yeah, and, and, and PBL, but it's important. It's, it's important. It's, it's, it's at the forefront of education. Now.
1: Well, I mean, we want to look at what we want to get out of our students. So looking at PB, PBL, UDL, all these things coming out, you know, we really to have effective classroom environments for our students moving forward and how to really move them and prepare them for a future that they're going to be engaged in. We really need to evaluate our instruction and using these tools, we can create, I mean, PBL, UDL, all these things can be done without tech. Correct. Right. But tech makes Makes it it efficient, efficient, and it makes it Responsive and it makes it engaging and it makes it and then putting in that AI to even take your plans and take it a step further to give you ideas that you did not have before. Right. Or I mean, I if I need a slide deck with some interactivity on a topic, I can go to Curapod, get a basic structure of a slide deck. And then start adding it. Maybe that can become part of my explain in a 5e model. And then I can build off of that. And then I can create a choice board to go along with it. And I can... You know, remember to do like simple things like if I create that slide presentation, I can present it in Google Slides and turn on captioning. Right. So it captures my live voice. So if I have students that need that that support in the classroom, I think everyone could use. It. Like those are the things that we need to start thinking about and planning. I mean, it's not just like I don't like technology or I don't. We need to be relevant. Right. That's that's. I think
0: that's the way to. The summit. Ask yourself, you know, how can how can I make my instruction or how are things relevant to what my kids are, are learning or just, uh, you know, their, their environment? It's just on a daily basis, that's what they're surrounded with. So... Great final thought there, Dan. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sticker request? Hit us up. We'll put it uh, in the show notes as well. We'll put all of these in the show notes. Answer Dan's trivia question. Yeah, right. Tweet at us. You know,
1: tweet <laughs> at us your answer. There you go. You get a sticker. <laughs> That's
0: it. Once again, they're saving lives. All your support, listening on all the platforms. <laughs> You're giving them too many clues. You know, <laughs> leave those reviews. You have questions, comments, suggestions. Reach out. Tech hard. Work smart. Live an adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at a Nicola Tech and. Dan and at WCSD Tech DR